Thank you, Mario, but our princess is in another castle. My body is ready, and this is the Powerful Nerdcast, everyone. Welcome. We have many things to talk about, mostly E3, Jurassic World, and Dragon Ball Z Super. Or yes. I should say Dragon Ball Super. Yes. The Z is now gone, mm-hmm. even though it's imprinted in my brain. Exactly. It's really impossible to not want to say the Z. You know, that, that was the struggle when uh, they revealed Dragon Ball Super. Let's go ahead and talk about that first. Okay. Because uh, there's really not much to talk about. They just released a small teaser trailer for the brand new show, which is going to be on the air July 5th. Mm-hmm. And it looks good. It basically looks like it's going to have the same animation and art style that we've seen from the two recent movies. I'm kind of struggling to even talk about it because there's not that much there. Exactly. But it's really it looks just... like more of the same, and mm-hmm. that's a good thing it's yeah. not like goku and piccolo going to get the driver's license different mm-hmm. you know it's just like uh everyone's running away from big monsters and goku's powering up and you got uh uh, uh piccolo with a, like a <gasps> face and you got you got it all you know you got the classic dragon ball z theme and feel and uh it also seems like because they were focusing on the kids it might be kind of like them being some of the center focus mm-hmm. of the the series which i really hope not i hope that it's like my ideal scenario is Goku and Vegeta go to a other universal tournament with all the other gods of destruction and mm-hmm. fight there. And they get to, of course, they're not the most powerful anymore. That's one thing that the series was really good about. Goku is not the most powerful in the universe. And he is. And that, that's something that they like. They try to hammer in like from the beginning of the series. Like I said in the last podcast, we've been uh, rewatching the entire Dragon Ball series, and that's one of the things that Roshi was always trying to drill into Goku's head. That's why he decided to enter the very first tournament to let Goku know there's always going to be a bigger fish out there, so you're not always going to be the strongest. And that was definitely proven in Battle of Gods when they introduced Beerus and Whis, who, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, even at this point in the series, even after Revival of Effort, probably the most powerful entities that we've seen from the entire universe and this dragon ball super is going to be a great opportunity to let us see some more of these big fish these sharks if you will yeah i'm pretty sure that even frieza himself is scared of uh a beerus and oh Lewis. yeah you know like yeah. he he has no illusion that he's stronger than mm-hmm. them so it, it, it's interesting uh that they're kept around it's kind of like they're the buffer uh mm-hmm. in the series but still that's also not the, the point of dragon ball z the point of dragon ball dragon ball z dragon ball super now uh, is that Goku likes a challenge. Mm-hmm. So having more powerful characters to him is actually interesting. And the mm-hmm. Saiyan race is shown to like love to fight, So, and they don't want easy fights. That's, mm-hmm. that's also something we see a lot in Shonen. You know, people don't want to just dominate. They want a challenge. Mm-hmm. They want to win, but they still want a challenge. And uh, I know that you don't want to see a lot of Trunks and Goten and everything because in the past they have been kind of annoying. I mean, they've definitely had their cool moments like when they were fighting against Majin Buu. And, of course, uh, the alternate version of Trunks, Future Trunks, is always awesome. He's cool, uh, though. He's like main staff or main crew. You know, Mm -hmm. like I always enjoyed seeing him. I even wouldn't mind seeing the return of Future Trunks in the series. Maybe do another time travel storyline. I think that would be really cool. But uh, getting back to the younger versions of Trunks and Goten, I think this is kind of a good opportunity to maybe expand on this and maybe uh, see some more of their brand new powers, maybe see some of the adventures they can go on, and maybe not make it so cheesy, a la, like, the uh, the return of Broly, you know? like Because uh, obviously that's kind of the feel I got from it, when you see that one scene of Trunks running away from that giant snake, and then he's, like, punching it and everything. But that's still very reminiscent of old Dragon Ball. There's always these big monsters and dinosaurs that they're always just fighting randomly in the wild. Um, but there's definitely a few scenes from the trailer where they're, like, powering up. There's a scene with Goku where he's wearing his gardener's outfit, which was from that one special Yo Sung Goku and his friend's return. I don't remember that one. That was the one where Vegeta's brother, Tarble, 
uh, comes down and to his Earth. Turnip wife. Yeah, okay. his weird alien wife, and they fight against uh, those two aliens, which are known as Abo and Kado. Get it? And uh, you know, not really, but I'll go with it. Okay. What? It, what what's the get? Avocado. Oh, Ava and Kado. Yeah, yeah, okay. Because Dragon Ava. Ball just loves food puns. That's just yes. what they do. Um, but uh, he seems to be wearing the outfit that he had at the very beginning of that. You know, just showing again, it's probably not going to be his brand new outfit. I highly doubt it. Yeah. Uh, he kind of almost seems like a Indiana Jones adventurer with that outfit. I'm sure he's going to go back to the traditional gi or maybe even the one that he was wearing when he was training with uh, Beerus and Wiss. But uh, there's another scene at the end where Vegeta's powering up and it looks like he's getting real pumped up. Could that be because of a villain or is he just simply doing a training session? The teaser really gives you nothing. It just tells you this is what the animation's going to look like. Get your butts in the seats and get excited. You know, it's interesting because on another note, and something I can't talk about too thoroughly because I don't want to spoil anything, but I watched, like, literally last night, I watched most of the major fight scenes in uh, Re- Revenge of F or what's the new uh, movie? Revival of F or Revi- Fukatsu no F. It's got a lot of different names. Yeah, yeah. So I watched all the cool big fight scenes, and it looks really good. And I'm really excited about seeing that film now. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things is uh, I really hope the new series takes place after that latest film mm-hmm. because – you know, I don't want the weird lingering of Frieza coming or, you know, a lot like what you say with these prequel series. It's like there's no um, there's no real threat to the characters because we know what's going to happen to them mm-hmm. anyway. So, you know, like all of a sudden Goku's having a hard time against this guy, but he has to fight Frieza eventually. So mm-hmm. we know he can't die. So um, but it was really good. And I'm making me really pumped about that series. Man, I want to talk about it, but I can't can't do it <laughs> no don't do it yet we are going to do a full <laughs> review when we finally do but if you guys do want to see the fight scenes they're all over youtube so just <laughs> type in you know super saiyan god goku versus super saiyan or god frieza whatever you want golden frieza i am uh, avoiding those clips like the plague man i can't uh, wait to see that movie in u.s theaters with a group of dragon ball z fans just getting really excited and seeing that oh, for yeah. the first time it's going to be truly an amazing experience so yeah. i can't wait for that it's uh also first time in america that i will have ever done anything like that i know mostly it's be crazy. most likely first time and, for and, a lot we, of and we can only hope you know because they've announced the dates but they haven't announced when you can buy the tickets yet mm-hmm. hopefully they'll be somewhere in our area i pray because we always get snuck when it comes to those type of events there's always they're always like either on the west coast or like way up like northeast and it's just too far away for us so let's get a little love for the southeast for dragon ball z fans that's what we freaking need so on, blow guys. up blow up funimation's twitter all about that say we want it still in atlanta we want it Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, what was one of the other things? So I think we pretty much covered Dragon Ball Super. Mm, that's really all there is to talk about it. But uh, now let's talk about Jurassic World, which okay. we had an opportunity to see this weekend. And we're just going to go ahead and say this right now. Uh, there are going to be spoilers. We're going to talk about the entire movie. We're going to talk about some of the major events and some of the things that happen at the very end. So if you don't want to be spoiled by this, go to the description box, look at the timestamps, and skip ahead to the next portion. I'll make it so that way you can avoid these spoilers entirely. Yeah, we're just going to talk about it like you watch the movie. Mm-hmm. We're going to assume you watch the movie if you l- will listen to the rest of this. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Corey, your overall impression of Jurassic World. Let's just go like big and just go a rating. Like I'd give it a, like a 9 out of 10. I think that's a little nice. I'm going to give it a 8 out of 10. Okay. Uh, I thought it was definitely really good. It was an exciting, big, monster, blockbuster summer movie. It was the best sequel that I've seen to Jurassic Park thus far. And for a number of reasons. Not just because it's, uh, you know, they've had a little bit of time to uh, develop all these new characters, these new dinosaurs. Um, but the fact that it's just fresh. It's new. There's no more, like, hanging threads aside from, like, a few, like, Easter eggs from the old movies. For the first time, we actually have characters in the movie 
that were never in any of the previous films. You know, you had Lost World, you had, they brought back Jeff Goldblum. You had Jurassic Park 3, they brought back Sam Neill. This one, Clean Slate, Bring It On, Chris Pratt, Velociraptors, Indominus Rex, Tyrannosaurus Rex, Mosasaur, Ankylosaurus. This was a badass dinosaur movie. To me, it was like the realization of what Jurassic Park was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And then and then it goes wrong. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Jurassic Jurassic Park was like where it goes wrong before it even really started, but Jurassic World is where it goes wrong when it mm-hmm. was actually supposed to be something. And uh, I really like the... Uh, uh, what was the character in Jurassic Park, the old man in the white with the cane? What That's was uh, John Hammond. John Hammond's character, uh, the person who kind of plays his character, the Indian guy in this mm-hmm. this movie, I, I thought was great. his name was Mr. Masrani. Yeah, That's Mr. Masrani. He was great. Mm-hmm. And he really embodied that character, I mm-hmm. think, really well. And he even said, you know, spare no expense and all mm-hmm. those things, you know. <laughs> and uh, and then also Chris Pratt's character I thought was very interesting. Mm-hmm. But still at the same time, Chris Pratt, man, I swear to God, that guy just plays himself in every movie. But that's not pretty bad. Pretty much. I mean, you know, Chris Pratt's character, his name was Owen Grady. He yeah. pretty much was Star-Lord uh, stuck in Jurassic Park. Yeah. You know. um, but, I mean, you know, it, it still worked, though. You know, maybe he is a good character actor. Like, he can play that type of character really well. And, uh, you know, he wasn't off-putting at all. You know, he had a few cheesy jokes. And, of course, this is Jurassic Park. There are going to be... Uh, a little bit of uh, cheesy dialogue, but uh, I thought that the female uh, lead was kind of boring, though. I mm-hmm. didn't really like uh, her. Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, I wasn't who's the uh, daughter of Ron Howard. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. No offense, Ron Howard. Yeah. You made some good shit, but your daughter. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> but but your daughter wasn't that interesting in that movie, unfortunately. No, and uh, you know it's funny because before the movie came out, I always sort of imagined her character as sort of being kind of like the uh, antagonist of the film. Mm-hmm. Like, she was going to be, like, the evil scientist who wanted to just use Push the dinosaurs. Push it too far for, for profits. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, uh, as the movie went on, she was probably the character who went through, like, the most development and changes. You yes, know, yes. By the big first part of the movie, you know, she was just, like, this hardcore businesswoman. That's all she cared about. She invited her nephews to come to the island and experience it. And so she was going to give them, like, this big VIP treatment. But she sort of just pushed them off on uh, her assistant. Yeah. And as the movie's going on and as the chaos ensues, she realizes, oh, shit, I kind of fucked up. I need to save my nephews right now and start taking this a little more seriously and then by the time that happens the park is in complete chaos there's pteranodons flying all over the place the indominus rex this brand new hybrid dinosaur is killing dinosaurs left and right destroying all these commandos that used to work for engine yeah just freaking the the kingpin is in this movie oh dude that guy was so good yeah like, as soon as you said that's the kingpin it's like that was right at the moment where he said a line that sounded just like his character from daredevil mm-hmm. and i was like holy shit now i can't unsee yeah. that such a fantastic shit-eating villain character <laughs> like another like you know he plays great villains you know you love to hate that guy and you know the minute you see like what he's really trying to accomplish you're just waiting for that moment i wonder when the raptor's gonna kill him yeah <laughs> you know, like the whole movie i was like waiting for that like it wasn't gonna be any other dinosaur but the raptor because this guy is literally trying to like weaponize these dinosaurs like he's trying to turn them into military weapons like putting cameras on their head and everything yeah and this is honestly a direction that the sequels could possibly go in because uh they do have this subplot in the movie where there's that one scientist from the original jurassic yeah park. the asian guy that was there when the uh, raptors were born mm-hmm. in jurassic park yeah and i really wish they could have expanded on his role a little bit but there's a scene towards the end of the movie where they take all the embryos on a helicopter and they go away and they never address it again. Yeah, it's not so, It's not like they end it in, uh, remember the American Godzilla where there's one egg that hatches? Mm-hmm. You know, there's not like a moment like that at yeah. the end of this Jurassic World. There's mm-hmm. just like, they just take them and go. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, we'll see. If the movie's successful, we'll just make another one. That's mm-hmm. probably what they're going to do. Uh, and that would be kind of cool if all of a sudden there's like weaponized uh 
uh, Indominus Rexes running mm-hmm. around. Or you like, know? you know, the, I think it was uh, his plan was to make them like smaller versions yeah. of the Indominus Rex because the let's talk about Indominus because okay. he's like uh, the real, I guess you could say the star of this movie. Yes. Um, it's a brand new dinosaur. It's a hybrid dinosaur. It's not even really a dinosaur. It's a fucking monster. Like, yes. It's just a combination of like the worst things in the world. All of these different snakes which have camouflage. It uh, also has That's the actually ability- a cuttlefish. It's a cuttlefish. Thank you. Cuttlefish for is that. a small squid-like mm. creature that can I think, they, I think the snake has its vision. Like, it sees, like, the thermal yes, like, yeah, visions has, of yes. people. Yeah, it's made up of that. And, of course, uh, it's made up of raptor DNA and T-Rex DNA. Yep. And uh, that's a really big plot point for the movie and sort of, like, changes uh, the big scene where you think that Chris Pratt is going to end up working with all the velociraptors. And that goes south immediately. And that's so genius <laughs> because before the movie came out and everybody saw the raptors, like, running alongside Chris Pratt, the fan base was completely divided. There was the one group that was like, raptors don't follow humans, that's bullcrap. And the other half is, no, they're really smart, that's really cool, I like that. They sort of gave you the both, uh, the best of both worlds where you have yeah. the raptors working with them and then they realize, eh, I don't know, this guy's pretty badass, he's an alpha male, let's follow him and kill all these guys and they end up just immediately turning on everyone and it's kind of reminiscent of that scene in the lost world where they're in the long grass except it's in the middle of a jungle with all the raptors taking out all the soldiers that was really cool yeah i just really thought that the uh uh, one of my favorite moments of the of the movie is when mr masrani and uh the old uh jurassic park uh scientists have a conversation he's like what the fuck did you create you know like you made this this horrible monster thing. And he's like, no, you asked me to make this thing. You wanted bigger teeth. You wanted a bigger dinosaur. You wanted uh, more profits and you wanted a scarier thing. And I made it. And now you don't like it because it's a monster. And he's like, this is what you wanted. And Mm -hmm. now you got it. And that was actually one of my favorite moments of the whole, the whole, uh, yeah, that that was the other thing. Um, there, there aren't too many memorable lines of dialogue that I would say are on par with the original Jurassic Park, but that was one of those scenes that's really memorable, I think. It was more of a modern take on the Jurassic Park thing, because mm-hmm. uh, they always talked about profits a lot. Yeah. You know, uh, Jeff Goldblum's character, you mm-hmm. know, many, many moments. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone was kind of expecting him to show up and be like, I told you so, and then, <laughs> and then get eaten by a velociraptor or something, you <laughs> yeah. know, like like something like that. Uh, also, um, what was the uh, the big swimming dinosaur's name? It's that, called the the Mosasaur. The Mosasaur had some great moments too. Yeah, my my biggest complaint with the Mosasaur though is watching the movie and everything. They should have never showed that in the trailers. They should have held that whole thing and made it a big surprise because nobody would have expected a big aquatic dinosaur like that because there's never been one in Jurassic Park before. And, you know, most of the scenes that you've seen from the trailers are in the movie. There is a final scene at the very end, which we'll get to in a little bit, which Mm -hmm. does involve the Mosasaur, but I want to get back to uh, the Indominus Rex a little bit. Okay. Just because the build-up on this thing is awesome. I actually really loved how the uh, the movie opened up where you just see, like, the egg, and you see it cracking out, and you can see its claws coming. And there were originally two Indominus Rexes. Yeah. But uh, the other one actually ate its sibling. Yes. Which is pretty freaking messed up, and it's very similar, again, to the uh, the scene in the original Jurassic Park where they said uh, some of the raptors killed all but two of the others. Yes. So just demonstrating again and giving you another clue, this thing is very raptor-like, and it's very smart. You get to see it using its camouflage, which I think is awesome. That's such a cool ability, like, when it's out in the middle of the forest, and then it finally starts to move, and you can see its skin, like, start to slowly form in. Yeah. And uh, that's another thing. Going into this movie, I thought the CG was going to be awful. It was pretty good for the most part. That You don't really even see the Indominus Rex, like, straight up, even mm-hmm. throughout most of the film. Mm-hmm. There's, there's only so many shots where you get, like, a nice, stable 
clear shot of it. You really you know, that's don't. Mostly at the very end of the movie when they have this ridiculous battle. Yeah, but uh, and also the humans don't do shit against it. No, no matter what they and they have like chain guns and stuff on helicopters and yeah. they can't even like hit this thing. They did shoot it, mm-hmm. but it was like whatever. And then it just keep running at them, you know, and tear them up. You know what the Indominus Rex kind of is? It's kind of like the dinosaur version of the Predator. And that's kind of the feeling I kind of got from this movie because it's, uh-huh. you know, it's got the camouflage and it's literally hunting for sport. That's one of the most crazy things about this is that it just kills indiscriminately. And what it kills, it doesn't necessarily eat. I think one of the more powerful scenes of the movie mm-hmm. was when they see all of these long neck dinosaurs, which have all just been completely massacred by the Indominus Rex with all of these gashes on them. And they're all just dead in this giant field. And Dom- Dominus didn't even try to eat them, and it's a really, like, sad scene when they go over to this one animatronic uh, long-necked dinosaur, which is, I think, one of the only animatronics I saw from the film, and that's a shame, because it was convincing. Yeah, Like, when I saw it, I was like, that's, it looks like a real freaking dinosaur. Why can't we see more of this? There might have been a scene, maybe, when you see the raptors who have those weird muzzles, maybe that was that, but... I still feel like that I was I feel CG. like that might have been real, but they had the CG the eyes. Yeah, CG the eyes and maybe some of the, the snarling lips and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I, I would have liked more animatronics, but at least the CG still looked good for the most part. And, uh, you know, Indominus was scary throughout the entire movie. He was a real scary dinosaur, not just the long necks. There's a scene where he fights against the uh, ankylosaurs, uh-huh. which are the big, like, plated ones that have the club tails. Yeah. He, like, pulls it over on its back and then just bites its head and, like, breaks its neck immediately. Like, it was a really scary dinosaur. And Because no, none of the other dinosaurs even really hurt it. No, except for the very end of the except movie. Except for the very end, uh, yeah. And even still, like, that thing kept kicking. Like, it kept going and fighting and fighting. Um, and, uh, as the movie was going on, uh, there's the other subplot with the two kids mm-hmm. who are in this, like, amazingly awesome ride, which would never fly in real life. <laughs> it's, uh, it's called the gyrosphere, where they're yeah. in this, like, big bubble ball that they can actually control within this, like, big fenced-in area. And, uh, they can just sort of drive around, look at dinosaurs and everything. But what's gonna happen when a freaking Triceratops is running at full speed and smacks into this thing? Well, with I feel... its horns? Like, well, we saw what the Indominus Rex was capable of, because it literally cracked the thing open, like... Yeah. It, and it put its whole mouth around it and was, like, completely crushing it. That scene when, uh, the Indominus Rex was attacking them in the ball, like, very reminiscent of T-Rex attacking the kids in the car... Mm-hmm. And uh, just the, the attention of it, because it's not just eating them, but it's crushing it, and it's coming down on top of them, and it's just, that was a, a lot really of callbacks. Great... Like, you could even say uh, the kids in themselves were clones of the other kids. In many ways, yeah. The the, the youngest uh, boy was very much like the other, uh, the youngest sibling, because he's really into dinosaurs, mm-hmm. and the other one, not so much, but just sort of along for the ride. He and... just wanted to get laid the whole uh, yeah, he's Almost like... <laughs> every scene at the beginning is him just checking out chicks, and that's all he does, is just stare at them creepily. Yeah, and he's like, and then, uh, and then the, uh, the younger brother like calls him out. He's like, what do you think's going to happen? If you just look at him, you got to talk to him, man. <laughs> Even he get calls him out on that. Mm-hmm. It was quite funny though. Quite uh, funny. But that scene with the gyrus here is cool because that's also when they find this like a uh, break in the fence, which was caused by Indominus Rex. And they end up deciding, Hey, this seems like a good idea. We're at Jurassic World, right? They decide to go into the jungle, and that's when they run into Indominus Rex. They have to run away, and they end up going to the old visitor center of Jurassic Park, like the original center. Yes. Like you see the door. You see the uh, the T-Rex skeleton. They walk inside, and I love that they pick up like a rib from the T-Rex skeleton, and then they actually pick up the banner from the When Dinosaurs Ruled the Earth Fell uh-huh. Down, and they turn that into a torch. Yeah. Just 
oh, that was great. They walked into the dining room. You could see the Velociraptor on the like the uh, the mural that was yeah, painted, yep. like the same one. Just that they the saw. Jello, the Jello <laughs> scene. Yeah, exactly. That was yeah. so cool. And then they walk into the room. You see the old 1992 Jeep Wranglers, which still have the Jurassic Park logos on them. Yep. You see the uh, the night vision goggles. They zoom which, uh, in which and zoom out. Which was used by Tim. Yeah, that yeah. was so freaking awesome. So. Old school Jurassic Park fans are going to love this just as much as the new ones. And they do it in so many ways. This movie is almost like a remake, but enough so not a remake, but mm-hmm. not a sequel either. I don't even know how to define this movie. Mm-hmm. In I some mean, ways. there are callbacks to the original. Like they mm-hmm. mentioned John Hammond and, you know, some of the old people. But it really, they don't even like get into the whole like how the park opened. Like, they just say it's good. It's it's running well. Twenty thousand like, you know, people per day. Whatever. We took it over. Engines our military, and they take care of everything, and everything's good now. And apparently, things have been going good for years until they decided to create the Indominus Rex. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, which is all leading up to the finale of this movie, which I think is one of the best finales I've seen from any Jurassic Park sequel. Mm-hmm. Which is this amazing like thing they have where the Raptors come out. They're chasing everybody, very similar to the old ones. Uh, there's a scene where they're running out of this building, and there's these uh, dinosaur holograms. Yes. And uh, this kid just randomly hits a button to try and distract one of the raptors. And uh, one of the dinosaurs that pops up is the Dilophosaurus, and it actually has, like, its frill come out and everything. Yeah. And that was cool, but at the same time, I was like, oh, I would have really loved to see, uh, like, a whole flock of, like, Dilophosauruses and, you know, spitting and all that stuff. And that's something else that I think the movie was lacking, which is the Indominus Rex broke out. But not really any other dinosaurs aside from the Pteranodons broke out. Like, we didn't see, like, uh, like a lot of Triceratops or Stegosaurus Here. running through. And Well, because I feel like they've maybe been, uh, you know, because they do genetic modification. Mm-hmm. Maybe they bred those to be more docile. It's you possible. know, like, and maybe the other thing is. there was a petting zoo. There was a petting zoo. It was mm-hmm. retarded looking. Well, yeah. not retarded. It was awesome. But it was yeah. like, you're really letting your kid uh, ride a 300-pound baby, you know, dinosaur. Yeah. Like, that thing could turn around and crush your child on yeah. accident. Even as a baby, mm-hmm. it's like the size of an alligator. I mean, I, I couldn't help but laugh when I saw that one kid walk up and hug that long neck. Yeah. <laughs> that was so funny looking. They're feeding them, and they're, like, leaving spit all over the kid's hands. Yeah, it's like... Um, and even the scene, I remember, like, you looked over and said this to me when they were kayaking yeah. with all, the, like, the stegosauruses on the bank and the long necks in the water. You're like, that would, dude, that's so freaking dangerous. They would get killed. <laughs> yeah, like, all of a sudden, that thing could just decide to swat you with so its tail they, and kill they you. they might be a little more docile. Yeah, and uh, the other thing is there's no predators in that big open area. Mm-hmm, I'm, I'm making yeah. an assumption. Mm-hmm. So they have never been afraid for their lives, yeah, you know, they, those dinosaurs. Yeah, they nothing but handlers who constantly feed them and pet them. And, yeah, and big know. balls roaming around the fields. Yeah, so they you know, know they're not dangerous. Yeah, so I feel like that's also why we didn't see, and that's probably why they didn't make any Dilophosaurus. Is that what those, the spitting ones I mean, are they called? are pretty dangerous. They're dangerous. Yeah. They're, they're big, giant, spitting raptor dinosaurs, spitting cobra. I mean, it's like, even cobra. if they kept them in, like, a big, like, glass cage you could look at them in, the cage would be covered in black spit. You wouldn't yeah. see anything like there. You want? I, want, I just wanted to see more of the dilophosaurus. Of course, I'm bringing too much realism. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, why do they have all these aggressive flying dinosaurs? People, it didn't seem like there were people in there. Yeah, like it was why like a they big aviary. Them? Like, yeah. how do you even view the pteranodons? Like, like is there what's some the sort point of, of them? I don't yeah, understand that. You know, and I mean, like, I don't know. It, it was cool to see them again because uh, this one in Jurassic Park three are the only ones that have flying dinosaurs in them. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was de- these were definitely pretty menacing. Um, I think they're about on par with what I saw in Jurassic Park three. Which Jurassic Park three, my my favorite part of the movie was the Pteranodon. Yeah, like that whole scene. I was like, this is the freshest scene that I've seen from this whole movie, and it feels like Jurassic Park. And they kind of did it again with this one. That scene 
uh, where uh, the assistant gets picked up by the Pteranodon. That was almost terrifying, though, because she's, like, getting eaten in the water and, like, drowned at the same time. She had, without a doubt, the worst death in the movie. Oh, yeah. Like, not only (laughs) did she get partially eaten by a Pteranodon dropped into the Mosasaur tank, but the Pteranodon picks her up again, and then the Mosasaur eats both her and the Pteranodon. Yes. Yeah. But I don't think she actually got bit. Maybe she just got swallowed. She got swallowed by that damn thing. So maybe, you know, she's fine in there. She's screwed, dude. (laughs) She's Mosasaur shit. She's got a... Punch her way out. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> fucking terrifying. So, uh, and speaking of the Mosasaur, let's go ahead and talk about the finale of this movie. Okay, and, yeah. Uh, there is a dinosaur we haven't been talking about, um, and that's because it has a very small role in the movie, but it's a fantastic return. Yes. And that's the Tyrannosaurus Rex. The Tyrannosaur. Which is teased in the very beginning of the movie. They have this, like, big section of the park, which is called the Tyrannosaurus Rex Kingdom. Yeah. And you see all these people hanging out in this, like, giant tunnel that looks like a big log. And I love the callback where you see the goat there, and then they actually throw a flare right next to it because yeah. that's what they used in Jurassic Park was the flares. Fantastic reference. And then you just see the, the Rex just a little bit. You just see its head mm-hmm. for a moment. And everybody's just like, ew, when it eats the goat and everything. That's yeah. really funny. And then at the very end of the movie, you have the Indominus Rex, which is fighting against the Velociraptors because they decided to turn against it because they're going to help Chris. They're like, this is Star-Lord, man. we got to go back yeah, on we, this. we got to do this. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's very similar Come to on. watching the Raptors fight the, uh, the T-Rex. <laughs> Um, in the first movie, uh, but the uh, Raptors, for the most part, just get destroyed. The Indominus just, you know, the thing about Indominus that makes him different from T-Rex is that he has long, clawed arms. So even when the Raptors, like, jump on him, he's just like, and then he just, like, throws them and stuff. Yeah. There's even points in the in the movie where, like, he'll pick up soldiers and stuff and, like, just toss them against trees and stuff. Like, yeah. it's a really dangerous dinosaur. And he kills most of the Raptors, and then they're like, crap, we need something bigger. We need more teeth. At yeah. least that's what that kid was saying. Yep. So they decide to go to the Tyrannosaur paddock, and they open it up. And that entrance was so awesome because first you see it coming out of the shadows and you can see its glowing eyes. She she, uh, lights the flare and then you see the T-Rex run out. And my favorite scene of the movie is not an action scene. It's the actual introduction of the Rex where as soon as it runs into the Indominus, there is this massive skeleton of the Spinosaurus (laughs) and the T-Rex just crashes through it and then it just does its classic big roar. And I didn't notice it at first, but I went back on YouTube because I just had to see if somebody uploaded some clips. And they did. Of course they did. Um, And a lot of people have been saying this and the creators of the movie confirmed this. That Rex is the first one from the original movie. And if you look at the final scene of the film where you see the Rex roaring out across Jurassic World, you can even see that it has all of its old white scars from its back for where the uh, Velociraptors were fighting it from the original movie. Oh, really? So it is the uh, original Rex, which actually does have a nickname, Rexy. Rexy. So, yes. And it it makes sense, too, because if you watch The Lost World, um, a lot of the roars of those Rexes, which are different, are not entirely the same as the original. Okay. All the Rex roars they used in Jurassic World were the same exact sound effects. That is a level of detail I had no, no, I was not aware of that. Yes. So that is the actual Rex from the original. And it makes sense because it does look a little older, too. Like, it's got a like scars on its face a little bit and it's just a, it doesn't move as fast and when the rex comes out and fights against indominus for the first bit it gets destroyed yeah like the indominus and, and, and i was like oh god please don't kill the rex again are you kidding me <laughs> yeah. don't do this again yeah. and then out of nowhere uh, the other velociraptor who goes by the name of blue yep. comes out starts attacking the indominus rex starts joining it and that's when you realize the t-rex and the velociraptor are teaming up and fighting against the indominus rex and this is the best scene of the movie they're constantly like grabbing its neck swinging it around slamming it into buildings which have so the, the cg here is the best part of the movie like they and put it does so it looks believable it. it does it looks yeah. so like dangerous and destructive uh you know chris pratt and his group are trying to avoid this massive battle and it all ends when the t-rex and the raptor 
push it up against the uh, the Mazasaur tank, yeah. and then they have like they all do like this one big final roar at each other, and then the Mazasaur jumps up out of the water, grabs it by the neck, and just pulls it right in and kills it. And oh my god, that was such an amazing fight! That was a four way dinosaur fight with like completely different dinosaurs. It was so cool. There's never been anything like that in Jurassic Park. And it's also the first time since the very first movie we've actually seen Velociraptors fight against other dinosaurs, which I think is freaking awesome. And then just randomly, the T-Rex and the raptor just sort of look at each other like, yeah, we're good. We're good. Besides, if we fought, we knew it would happen. Peace. So the, the Rex just walks away. The raptor looks at Chris Pratt. They have their final goodbye. They leave. End of the movie, the island is evacuated, and the final shot of the movie, as far as I'm concerned, is one of the best ways to end it, with the Rex walking out on top of the heliport, looking over Jurassic World, and letting out a roar, cut to black, triumphant as hell. If that were the last Jurassic Park movie, that scene is the best way to end it. It's the dinosaurs take the park back again. The king is back. The Rex is king of the dinosaurs again, which, that was a love letter to people who hated that scene from Jurassic uh, Park 3. Yes, like... Dude, I'm watching this fight again. It's right here on YouTube. Yeah, isn't it awesome? Yeah, I can't it's believe this so shit is good. just on YouTube. This will be this will not be here in a week or two. No, it won't. So <laughs> if you just want to see the fight scene, look it up real quick. Look it up um, while it's there. Otherwise, I'd still say see the movie because I, I really loved it. it. You know, it's nothing groundbreaking. It's not as good as the original, but it was just a fun action monster movie. And it felt like a Jurassic movie. Yeah, and, and, and I'm going to say this because uh, I'm a big fan of the movie and I'm not afraid to say this. Um, the opening scene when they finally get to the island for the very first time mm-hmm. and uh, the kids are there and the one young kid's really, really excited. They go through the doors and then they go up into this hotel room. Um, you, you can just tell you're like waiting for that big moment because they're using the old soundtrack from the first movie uh-huh. and you're waiting for like the big reveal. As soon as he opens the doors, you hear the theme just like explode in as it goes over the park. I shed a tear. Really? I really did. And I was really shocked by that. I was like, wow, I'm actually like, t- I'm like, I'm, t- I'm taken aback by this right now. Like, they're giving me the feels really hardcore right now. And that was a massive accomplishment. So just awesome movie. Eight out of 10 for me. I loved it. I really, I still stick with my nine out of 10. It was a really good film, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was quite good. And I really recommend you guys check it out. Like, mm-hmm. I, if there's one summer blockbuster you watch this summer, it's, it's uh, Jurassic World for sure. And Kung Fury. That's free on the internet, though. Yeah. That's 30 minutes of free <laughs> We still have a few more big ones to go. Terminator Genesis and not seeing uh, Ant-Man. Not see- You're not seeing it? Nope. Dude, I have to see it. Nope. I have to. I'll you buy your for- ticket. Okay, I'll go see it. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm blowing way too much money on movies lately. <laughs> I just, this has been a really great summer movie. I time. am going to see Ant-Man. I will mm-hmm. put that out there. Yeah. Definitely Ant-Man. Okay, so now we have E3. Yes, believe it or not. Yes. I'm watching E3. <laughs> My this, body is ready. <laughs> yes. This is a, a really big week for uh, hardcore gamers, and uh, we've been gaming for a really, really, really long time. Uh, what oh, would yeah. you say was your very first system? I would say that my very first system was probably Nintendo. Just the original, just yeah. NES. Playing Do you a remember lot of, the, the very first game you ever played? Uh, a lot of Mario. Oh, yeah. That's pretty yeah. much, for people from our generation, that's like the typical answer. And Duck Hunt. Yeah. That was it. Because it yeah. was a combo game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that was the one I got. Uh, did you actually, like, own a system, or did you just, like, know someone who had one? Uh, my grandparents owned a Nintendo, so I played it at their Really? Home. Yeah, my That's grandpa a, well, was Well, your, your always, grandpa was very tech savvy. Yeah, so he's, like, yeah. all about even that Even in shit. the 80s, you know? Yeah, even in the 80s. So he, <laughs> he had a Nintendo. And then uh, we also had... Uh, I owned a Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And that... Many of ours on uh, Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, Oh, man, i got to look up this game. I'll look up this game. I think it's uh, called Metal Fatigue. Metal Fatigue? Was this a Super Nintendo game? Yeah. 
Wow, I've never even heard of Metal Fatigue. Oh, um, it was good. But uh, just like you, my first system was uh, also the Nintendo, the NES. Um, mine was actually a hand-me-down uh, from my cousin Blade. Thank you so much. I loved the NES. It really just made my childhood. Oh, no, that's not it. That's, and, a, that's uh, a PC game I used uh, to play. That's a shame. But uh, this, the same game, uh, I got the Mario and the Duck Hunt combo. And uh, the first game I ever played was, of course, uh, Super Mario Brothers sucked at it at first but i just i kept playing and playing and playing it got obsessive uh then he gave me a lot of his other games i played legend of zelda uh played a little bit of metroid and a little bit of Mega Man. so i had a lot of really great games to play and uh my brother got super mario brothers 3 for his birthday when it came out in 1991 which just god that was such an amazing game playing that for the first time and i was still oh. so young it's called Metal Warriors. Metal Warriors. That was it, game. Was it a fighting game? or? Uh, it's a... Well, first of all, here's the thing that's so cool about Metal Warriors. First of all, if you guys ever get a chance to play this game, the single player kind of sucks. It's not that much fun. It gets really hard really quick, so you kind of die. But they have, like, uh, six robots, and they're all great. And then there was this amazing versus thing. So you and your friends could pick one of the six robots mm-hmm. and fight each other with the two robots. And you could even get out of the robot... So, like, let's say you and your friends were fighting, and uh, each map was great, too. And and then the guy fucks your robot all up, and then, like, the arms will start blowing off when it gets... So you'll lose weapons. Mm-hmm. And then, so you got a real fucked up robot. You could hit select and get out of your robot and be a little guy in a jetpack and go fly and find another one because they were hidden throughout the maps. And then, like, have a chance again. Mm-hmm. And the, the just... You were never used to that much, like interesting multiplayer on a super mm-hmm. nintendo game it was always just like fighting with a health bar or something like that or like uh, streets of rage and stuff like that and that was really multiplayer it was just two people playing the single player but yeah metal fatigue man i need to that's something not metal fatigue metal warriors, uh, metal warriors. i have yeah. to show you that shit god you made that sound so epic i you, mean i've never even heard of that game yeah you really need to see metal you know, warriors. typically when i played uh you know super nintendo which that was another one both me and my brother that was like a, a joint birthday uh present uh, we both got that. I got a game. He got a game. Uh-huh. Um, we mostly played strictly Nintendo games, but that was also when I finally started to play like some other ones. Like uh, I remember playing Mortal Kombat 2 for the very first time on SNES, uh-huh. which uh, I should not have probably been playing when I was uh, <laughs> seven years old. Um, but probably still, not. that was uh, a lot of fun. Um, Super Nintendo, I still think, is one of the greatest video game systems of all time just because there's so many classics on it mm-hmm. and there's still games on that system that i actually still play to this day like some on a yearly basis like i have a ritual where i do have to play uh which is probably in my top five favorite games it's called super metroid i have okay. to play that at least once a year it only takes about three hours to beat if you're really good at the game but uh just i love that game i'm just so obsessed with it and i'm really hoping that at e3 this year nintendo is going to give us uh, a brand new metroid or something like that uh, but Nintendo's still going to give us a lot of cool stuff. In fact, they started today. Like, as soon as this podcast is over, it's freaking Smash Brothers time. Because <laughs> it's Smash Bros. time. Over the course of the last 48 hours, there's been a massive E3 leak, which revealed a few new characters for Smash Brothers. They were about to release Lucas as DLC, but they've also announced that Roy from Fire Emblem is going to be coming back, the character who was in Super Smash Brothers Melee. He's basically a glorified Marth clone with some special abilities. He's been Luigi-fied. He's got, like, fire abilities. Yep. But then we have Ryu from freaking Street Fighter, and that came out of freaking nowhere! I no. mean... You know, Street Fighter has not had the biggest presence on Nintendo in a long time. I think the last game that they released was some virtual console games, and I think they released Street Fighter 4 3D on 3DS. That's about it. Uh, but the Ryu in this game is definitely a callback to the original 
SNES, Street Fighter 2 Ryu, and it's amazing. Not only did they release the first gameplay trailer of this guy, but he's going to be available today to purchase. I'm going to play as him tonight, and I'm freaking excited. One of the things I really liked is they literally felt like they ported that character in. Mm -hmm. They even have, like, you know, the, the, the like quarter circle, mm-hmm. you know, a button to like do uh shortyoken or mm-hmm. all that stuff, you know, or Hadoken and like all that stuff is just right there. I'm mm-hmm. like, wow. They didn't even say no. Well, he has to kind of play within the super Mario or super smash bros world and control his schemes. No, no, mm-hmm. just his, his controls. And they even have a, uh, what is that? Focus attacks. Yeah. The focus attacks from four, maybe, yeah. which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, I think they're still going to play a part in street fighter five, which is coming up, but uh, yeah, they just, he literally looks like he jumped right out of Street Fighter and he works just like he does in the other games, which mm-hmm. that's a massive accomplishment. And Nintendo, uh, Nintendo's attention to detail when they actually represent these characters, like, damn, they got some good people working for them. Cause these are a lot of different franchises, which don't necessarily gel, but they all represent themselves perfectly. And, and that's what they did with the Ryu. game is so successful. Everyone wants to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure they had to pay a lot for you, but they made it a possibility to put mm-hmm. him in the game because Super Smash Brothers is so awesome. Mm-hmm. And also, it looks like they've been working on this for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think you mentioned something earlier. You're like, it sucks that this got leaked. Like, Yeah, like a like, whole 24 hours right before the Direct. I mean, we, we didn't see everything. We just saw a few videos, and uh, I think they revealed their uh, final smashes. But today, we got to see literally like the full breakdown of how Ryu works as a character, how his moves work. Like, they even mentioned, you can just do with a button press, a simple button press, do a Hadouken. But if you do the actual Street Fighter movement of a Hadouken, it'll do more power and move faster. Yeah. So you can actually sort of choose how you play as Ryu as well, which I think is really awesome. Um, you know, this is a big thing because we've already had now, we're going to have four characters who've been added to the roster, and we still have that whole Smash ballot where a lot of people have been able to vote for their characters. We could probably see at least another two characters who are going to be added to the roster. Which I, I want a Goku. I'll see if we Everybody Goku. wants Goku so bad. And, you know, a million people have been voting for this character. Like, yeah. Anything can happen. You never know. I mean... His super... His... his uh, What's it called? Your special Smash? Final Smash? Final Smash is obviously turning Super Saiyan. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's not hard. Mm-hmm. You know? It, it's it's a pretty straightforward character to put in I mean, in and the wouldn't game. that be so cool to, like, finally see Ryu versus Goku? Yeah. That'd be like, great. And that's, that's another thing that's still, like, I'm wrapping my head around it. It's so crazy because it's not just Nintendo. You know, we already had Sonic. We had Mega Man. We had Pac-Man. Now we got Ryu in the mix. It's crazy. All these classic video game characters were just beating the crap out of each other, and it's all really good. There's also a few new stages, which I think are really awesome awesome they're bringing back uh the kirby 64 stage yes as well as uh two brand new n64 stages uh later this year hyrule castles returning and the uh super mario but Brothers the original stage. ones not yeah. like they're not like remaking them no they're they like, basically like clean them, them up in. a little bit yeah. but it's still classic n64 polygon style but i kind of like that i like how it clashes with the new characters but but it still works and it wouldn't be the first n64 stage they had they already had donkey kong 64 in wii u so i'm really glad that they're adding even more of those uh you know they're also bringing in another completely brand new stage which is ryu stage which is basically like a brand new creation of the classic street fighter 2 stage with the pagodas in the background except now you can uh, have the two different versions final destination just pure flat which is the one i'm going to probably use the most and then you have the typical one which is like a long platform and then two smaller platforms over to the left so that's going to be really interesting and i love that they're going to have the music in there just more stages more characters all really freaking cheap and that's not even counting all of the uh, brand new me brawler costumes and everything just 
I never use the me brawlers that much, but now that they're introducing all these costumes, I want them all now. Like you can, <laughs> you can really make them work. Like they had the uh, the Splatoon characters. Yeah. You know, if you make them gunners, it really will feel like you're playing as a Splatoon character because they look nearly identical to them. So that's just Nintendo's already winning E3. It hasn't even started yet, and they've already released brand new DLC on the day that it's announced. Yeah. That's freaking crazy. And there's still more stuff to announce in the middle of the week. Like, just my, my biggest my biggest hopes for E3 is, uh, for Nintendo, is to hopefully see more from Star Fox, more from this brand new Mario Maker game, and hopefully something surprising and Metroid related. But that's just Nintendo. You that know, is they're, just they're, Nintendo. That's just Nintendo. You know, PS4, Xbox One, PC. We're hopefully going to see some really crazy stuff. I hope to see more from Doom. Uh, which is, uh, you were telling me about that the other day. I still haven't, <gasps> we still haven't even... seen that. No, I Let still me just show it to you right now. Cause it's only like 10 seconds long. Okay. Okay. Um, but I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with doom. Um, you know, it's, you know, wishful thinking of course, but I'm always hoping that they're going to give us a surprise announcement for half-life three. It's never going to happen, but still, I think that would oh, be Oh, they incredible. came out with a new, new one. That's like a minute and a half. We'll Ooh, have to watch that later. We're going to have just... to watch that later. Doom. Yeah. I love doom man. growing up with that. That was like the first major shooter. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Let me turn this that up. That was another one of those games like uh, when I was playing it, I felt like it was going to be a little loud, but you can just watch that. It's, it's okay. I got to check this out right now. This is a uh, Doom E3 uh, teaser here. I need to hit Plaza. Peggy 18. Rated 18. It's a Europe rating. Oh, it's so metal. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Just, bah! this like skeleton with rockets firing off of its back. Looks like a watch, freaking. Watch it again. Watch it one more time. Just oh so god, can... <laughs> that was the shortest, most ridiculous teaser I've ever seen. <laughs> and that's it. They're like, "There's the graphics. That's all you need to know. It's yeah. Doom. It's back." It, it looks cool though. Yeah, you know, um, I, I have confidence that they're probably going to do some really crazy stuff with it. Yeah, um, I mean the the Doom Three was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it captured sort of. the I mean, feel. it was a it was a glorified hallway shooter, but I distinctly remember playing that at your house, especially for the first like time. the beginning as freaky as shit. Remember playing that like in the dark with headphones on? Yeah, like that was freaking horrifying. I still remember the uh, the staircase the most. Oh yeah, like that one just freaked me out. People would, like pop out at you mm-hmm. and shit. And it it was... got to a point though where I started playing like old Doom like halfway through. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna start using cheats, getting <laughs> unlimited weapons, and just destroying everything. Chainsaw, you yeah, know, I got yeah. really into it at that point. But that's always how I played classic Doom. Which yeah, we need more games with cheat codes. I want to see the return of more cheat codes. GTA is like the only one that does it anymore. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah, I never think about that. Like, that used to be such a thing. Like, you remember going to school in the bus in the morning and like, hey, do you know that? And you talk about cheat codes and all these crazy things. And they don't do it anymore. Now it's all DLC, which, you know, I used to be against DLC, but Nintendo has won me over with their Smash stuff. Because it's really cheap and affordable, and they give you a lot of stuff. So, like I said, I'm just, I'm pumped for Ryu today. I can't wait to do that. So, um, on the other fact of, uh, or the other topic of games, I mm-hmm. was going to say the um, other really cool thing that we were looking at before we did the podcast was Oculus Rift. And that's something we've never talked about on the podcast. And we've never tried it yet, but mm-hmm. I'm very excited about it. And they also, they just have a bunch of new tech coming out. One, they have a whole new set of goggles. One, the other thing is these are actually HD. The, the developer set was a standard definition set of goggles. So kind of weird, you know, because mm-hmm. we're in the HD era and, yeah. and then you're looking at like 640 by 480 or some shit like that. And you're <laughs> like, no way. And uh, so there's that. And uh, they also have a whole new headset that has... Um, built-in um like earphones Mm -hmm. so you can get your sound right there Mm -hmm. and they also said they're removable which is a great option yeah they're like because a lot of the times uh, the manufacturers uh aren't always the best yeah because they're good at making the headset but they're Mm -hmm. not they're not a headphone company yeah you know so they shouldn't 
they shouldn't force you to use their headphones. And then they also have this other really cool thing. Uh, first of all, how would you describe the Oculus Rift, Corey? Uh, Oculus Rift, it's kind of like a virtual reality without having to be stuck in a machine. Like yes. having to have like a big ring around you or something like that. It's basically just wearing a headset and having these uh, nunchuck-styled controllers uh, which you can use on either hands, which have these rings around them, which can like sense your hand movements and everything perfectly. Mm-hmm. And you basically just sit in your chair, relax, and you play your shooter by moving and looking around. Yeah, you know. Um, and it, which... it's not a gimmick this time, mm-hmm. though. Before 3D has always been kind of a gimmick. Yeah. And now it doesn't feel that way. Oh, and they're also including a uh, Xbox One wireless controller as mm-hmm. well, if you want a traditional gaming. Which experience. is a really smart move. Yeah, I said that immediately. I was like, well, I don't know if you like the Xbox controller, but fuck, it's better than them trying to develop their own controller. Exactly. Like, that's a major hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's and like, what was that one controller which was created, I think, by Valve? It was the one that had, like, the complete, like, touch sensors on it. I think they're the ones Oh, it's made their it. Steam machine. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that's that's interesting, Bo, because they needed to make a controller that was also kind of like a mouse because mm-hmm. the games on Steam are so varied. They're, they're, yeah. You can't just have a controller for every yeah. game on Steam. Because some games you have, like, menu systems you need a mouse to, like, go through. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like you can do that on there. And I don't think it's 100% touch. I just think it's also – it's a more flat D-pad. Mm-hmm. So your finger can track around it Like it's almost well. like concave a little bit. Yeah, it's like – it's a different kind of D-pad. I don't think it's fully touch. But I have to be honest. I really don't know if I'm right or not about yeah. that. <laughs> uh, I've just sort of heard about that. But, yeah, like – and you can also uh, – if you really want an Oculus Rift, you can order their development kit right now and get their old version. Uh, it's $350. So if you really want an Oculus Rift really bad, you can get mm-hmm. one right and now. And that's not – that's pretty affordable. That's not bad. Yeah, that's doable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a nice screen. But, again, it's not a uh, – uh, you know, it's not the HD new mm-hmm. one that's coming out Q1 2016. Yeah, in some ways, it might be uh, better to wait. But also, because E3 is coming up this week, we're probably going to see a lot of new announcements – uh, about that technology, not just uh, you know for PC, but also the ones that are being developed for PS4 and for Xbox One, which I'm I'm really interested to see because I didn't even know that uh, Insomniac Games was even developing like uh, their very own title to make. What have they made? Oculus. Uh, remember when we were watching that video? They were making that. Uh, oh, Insomniac. What have they made? Uh, yeah. I think they did the uh, uh, the Nathan Drake series, oh. Uncharted series. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. those guys have a really high pedigree, and they're and they're working on some sort of title that's going to make use of that. Um, so that's that's really great that a high profile company uh, like them is going to be working on that. Um, I might be wrong. It might be Naughty Dog, um, but it might be Insomniac. No, no, wait, wait. Insomniac might. Someone's going to correct me either way. Yeah. Insomniac, <laughs> I think, is the guys who did uh, the Infamous uh, series. Okay. And uh, like Sly Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> from the PS2 days, like a lot of parkour style gaming. Yeah. Uh, which they still make some fantastic products. So I really can't wait to see what they're going to do with that project. I'm very excited to see the new Oculus Touch. They're they're like controllers you hold like mm-hmm. Wiimotes that have yeah. like a circle around them mm-hmm. and they're like triggers that you hold so it'd be really good for like uh, shooters mm-hmm. and also they say it'll it'll recognize what your fingers are doing so if you like point or you give a thumbs up it'll make your character do that in the game. It looks like a really comfortable controller too. Yeah it looks like a good and they say they're very lightweight they said mm-hmm. that was a huge importance they're like this cannot be heavy you know mm-hmm. and uh, I just I watched their uh, their their uh, conference they had before uh, before E3 and I was very impressed mm-hmm. and I've just been everyone says the Oculus Rift is really the true incarnation of of uh, uh, what do you call it 3D or uh, uh, what do you call that virtual I, reality virtual reality gaming mm-hmm. they're like it's the actual real application of it mm-hmm. and we all remember it from the 80s with all the polygons and mm-hmm. having to stand in these big rooms and walk around and playing with a blocky character that yeah. shoots lasers yeah, yeah yeah we've all seen that but they're like this is the real deal and uh, 
that paired with uh, those omnidirectional uh, 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 um, what are they Life, called? Life uh, finds a, a, uh, way. A, a way. It's the uh, treadmill, the omnidirectional treadmill. Mm-hmm. We were just watching someone play Battlefield Four mm-hmm. with a uh, with an Oculus Rift on yeah. in this omnidirectional uh, thingy, and mm-hmm. they were like running all around, yeah. and then they it's like, like a hamster ball. Yeah, it's like a hamster ball for a person. Fucking play video games and get ripped, you yeah, know, running know. around in that thing. <laughs> play that thing for eight hours straight. <laughs> Come out with calves like a god. Yeah, I know. It, it seems pretty cool. So, you know, there's a lot of really cool stuff. Um, do you have any big predictions or things you want to see from E3? Uh, on the, the PlayStation 4 side of things, uh-huh. um, the one thing that I've been hoping to see for years and that they've been holding off on and recanceling and redoing and recanceling I think I know is the you're... last Guardian. Guardian. Yeah. Yes. In the rumor mill, it's going to make an appearance. This is from the people who created Ico and Shadow of the Colossus. Shadow of the Colossus is still one of the greatest, most atmospheric video game experiences I've ever had. And so is Ico. Mm-hmm. Even so though I, you've never played it, and I can't believe that. I, I've played it for about an hour because my friend bought the HD versions. Uh-huh. Uh, that it comes with Ico and Shadow of the Colossus, yeah. which is totally worth buying if you have a, a PS3. Um, mostly, I say, for Shadow of the Colossus because that game just... Mm, it's it, so well It's made. nothing a game but boss battles. Yeah, that's all. But it's like it's all a puzzle game at the same time too, and it's just yeah. so incredibly atmospheric. It's got a beautiful soundtrack, and these guys are making this brand new game called The Last Guardian, which has been in development hell since I believe 2008, which is insane. Such a long development time for a game. So I really hope that it's going to come to fruition this year. Um, I'm sure we're going to see the return of a few sequels. I imagine we might see a new God of War or something like that. But really, I kind of hope we just see some new stuff. Um, to me, though, that's like kind of just more of the same. Yeah. I want this new stuff. I want mm-hmm. this Oculus Rift conference. Mm-hmm. I want to see the thing. that. I really think they're going to go crazy because they've been hyping up the whole uh, you know VR technology for PSN. And uh-huh. if they really want to get a piece of the pie, they'll show it off this year. But uh, I expect to yes. see. I still expect to see a lot of software there, just a lot of new games. Because now that the uh, Xbox One and PS4 have been on the market for a little while uh there's only so much more they can add to ter- in terms of like hardware like you know aside from oculus rift that's it so they have to focus on some brand new titles um you know the new arkham game comes out in a few weeks so they're probably gonna have like a big final presentation for that yeah but I'm, I'm hoping to see like what the other companies are gonna do i'm sure we're gonna see the umpteenth sequel of assassin creed or something <laughs> you know but uh really it's just it's the new you know i think um, the the I companies little... are so more so much more aware mm-hmm. now they just they won't fuck up and do dumb things like they used to mm-hmm. i always feel we like hope because <laughs> <laughs> i've seen some e3 presentations that are hard to watch oh yeah what what was it like xbox and shit like a few years ago they were just boring as hell or all about like driving it has to games. do with their presenters and stuff like and they make like and they make, like, really lame jokes. Like, whenever Ubisoft goes on, I'm like, this is going to be cool because I know I'm going to see some really cool games. But their presenter is really going to determine what's going to happen for the rest of this show. Like, yeah. And they throw jokes at It's like, stop joking and just show us the damn game. What they need to do is, I don't care if you're the CEO of the company. Mm-hmm. Don't talk to the audience. Just hire a dude that's really good. Mm-hmm. Hire uh, anyone from X- X-Play to come and do the uh, presentation. <laughs> they don't exist anymore. I know. I'm just saying, like, someone. Whatever Kevin happened Pereira. to Morgan Webb? Adam Sessler's still doing his... Uh... No, Adam Sessler retired from... Uh... He's done? Yeah, he's done, done. Man, G4 is is just, uh, you know, dust in the wind at this point. No, but he did that online thing for a while with mm-hmm. that company uh, where he did reviews. Well, I mean, of, like... Kevin Pereira is still... Kevin Pereira's big, yeah. man. He's got, a, he's got his own studio in L.A. You know, he he has a, a Twitch channel. That, you know, I think he's... he's doing a good job. Yeah, he's got a Twitch channel. He, uh... Mm-hmm. He has his own podcast called Kevin Pereira's Pointless Podcast. I've mm-hmm. watched uh, at least five episodes of that. It's, it's very, very good. Kevin Pereira is hilarious, but he's also like a guy that never is off. 
Yeah. Like he's like, blah, 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 blah. But he is genuinely passionate about what he's talking about. Oh, yeah. About. Hell yeah. Like, I don't that's, mean that as That's, a I think, the coolest thing about him. Like, he, you can tell he does like this stuff a lot. He's like one of those, uh, you know, sports newscasters who's like a, you know, a former player. Like, yeah. they literally like what they're they're talking about. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think he, he's a very interesting guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has a lot of good content coming out. And uh, speaking of Twitch, we are still thinking about, are we all going to build a Twitch uh, PC and mm-hmm. everything like that? We're just uh, waiting on some time to do it. But yeah, we're mm-hmm. still going to do that. And, and uh, we'll have a we'll come out with a big launch whenever we start twitching. Oh yeah, we'll, you do, know? we'll do we'll try to do like something kind of new or maybe some uh, big games of the summer because there's still a lot. I just want to see a, a Twitch out. where Corey has Oculus on. He's like, "What's happening?" <laughs> <laughs> it's it's gonna be hard to not look kind of goofy and stupid when you're using that stuff. Yeah. Like when we were watching that video, there were those guys who were sitting in chairs wearing. They're just like. <laughs> so just you know in many ways it's like this technology is cool but it also makes us look even lamer at the same time maybe that's what that guy looked like from start out online and that's why they never show him mm, we're this <laughs> we're this much closer to getting stuck in a virtual world and being forced to kill each other yeah it's why gonna not? happen why not but uh, yeah, but uh, like do you have any big predictions who you think is going to win E3 between uh, Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo? To be honest, I have no idea. I just want to watch it. Yeah. I just want to watch it. All right. Like, I think that's uh, the biggest thing. I hope uh, Oculus Rift destroys because mm-hmm. I want I want uh, virtual reality to be a big thing. And uh, I hope uh, – I don't know. I hope that PlayStation does well because I own PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I want – And they need to get back. Like, I mean, they're, dil- they're still doing really good. Uh-huh. And they have some decent games. But they don't have any, like, killer apps yet. Yeah. Uh, this is an opportunity to finally do that. And Microsoft and Sony have a big advantage in that, yet again this year, uh, they're doing big live presentations. And Nintendo is just going to be doing their one-hour Nintendo Direct, which mm-hmm. – in, in it's like it's like a double edged sword in uh, that it's really well organized. It's super concise. They have no mess ups like because they pre record it and everything. But they also don't have that big excited audience. They don't have that one guy in the corner who's crying while watching the new Zelda trailer. <laughs> you know, like we're missing that. Yes. Um. But still, I can't wait to see what Nintendo's going to bring to the table. I am a little biased because I'm a huge Nintendo fan. Um. But you know, really, as long as I just see something from Star Fox. I'm going to have a great E3. Oh, you and want they that Star said Fox? That, and, they, and they have said that they are going to show something from Star Fox. So I am pumped the hell up. I'm all about some Star Fox remake. Mm-hmm. That would be well, I don't want it to be a remake. I just want a new Star Fox. But the same thing as the original, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, just make it flying, you know. Uh, you know. You don't want them getting out and running around through hallways? Vehicle combat, you know, we, we, I have to wait to see what they're going to do. If they can somehow make on-foot combat work... Good, but I, I mostly want, I want my animals level. and vehicles. I want another submarine level. Yeah, there are only two of them in Star Fox 64. We need yeah. more of the uh, the blue marine is what it's called. Yes, and the uh, the tank. Yeah. That's the, uh, Landmaster? The Landmaster. Yeah. The Landmaster. <laughs> it, all that shit. I'm down with that, uh, but I really hope play, PlayStation tears it up. Yeah. And PlayStation supposedly has their own VR uh, headset in mm-hmm. development. Uh, but I still think Oculus Rift, at least right now, is the the, the top dog of that stuff. Mm. So, yeah, I think uh, that pretty much wrapped up this podcast. We we rocked it. Yeah, we did. Yeah. But what about you guys? Are you excited for E3? Do you have a favorite game that you want to see? Is there something you're looking forward to? Microsoft, Sony, or Nintendo? Please tell us in the comment section below. Thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure to give us a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And until next time, stay dandy, baby. Mm-hmm.